You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Podcast Land Studio. You are listening to Miss Brenbren, also known as Brenda. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. And this is the ever-popular podcast called This and That. Yes, where we talk about everything that's anything. Episode number 22 is what we're talking today. And we have a lot to cover, do we not? Yes, and today is June 29th, 2019, almost the end of the month. Yeah, almost. we got one more day before June is over. But in the meantime, let's give a shout-out to all of the listeners coming from all over the U.S. and all over international locations who are listening to our increasingly popular podcast. We are coming to you from 49 countries, and here in the United States, our listeners include Morgantown, West Virginia, Orlando, Florida, Decatur, Georgia, St. Louis, Missouri, and from an international location, uh, we have listeners in Da Nang, Vietnam, Chennai, India, Wallingford, England, and Cartagena, Spain. So again, thank you to everybody that's listening to us. And as we get ready to uh, wish the United States happy birthday, we want to send a special shout out to those in the military who are listening to us. Whether you're here in the United States or whether you're located internationally, thank you to the men and women in uniform, their dependents, and the civilian supporters. Yes, thank you for your service. And also thanks to the uh, civilian first responders here in the U.S. as well. Now, as we've told you before, our podcast is free. Right, David? It's free, and it's available in several different uh, podcast apps and streaming services, including our home base of SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, and TuneIn. It's also available on Alexa voice-assisted devices. And you know what's really special about this, David? No, what's really special about it? People can listen to us on demand. Yes, on demand, 24-7, 365. That means you can listen to us anytime, anywhere, whenever you like, whatever podcasts you haven't listened to before or you'd like to listen to again, they're all there, they're free, and all you got to do is pull them up and listen to them. That's right. Listen to it while you're working out at the gym, in a traffic jam, in your bathrobe, who knows. Or sitting out on your terrace. <laughs> yes, true. Now, During the summertime. <laughs> if you like to sit on your terrace in the wintertime, you can do that too. I, I guess. So, um, 
But anyway, what's the um, email address if people want to send us um, comments, questions? It is this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. We have an email distribution list, and if you want to be added to it, you can send an email message to the aforementioned email address, this and that, at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. And in the subject line, just write something like, add me to the email distribution list, and that will happen. And you'll get uh, alerts as to when new podcasts are pushed out and available in the various services that we mentioned earlier. What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about uh, current events that happen primarily here in the U.S., the uh, Democratic contenders running for the presidency had a debate, since there were 20 of them that qualified, it was spread out over two nights, this past Wednesday, Thursday, June 26th and 27th, uh, so we'll be talking about that, plus our words of wisdom, which are focused on the upcoming uh, 4th of July holiday here in the U.S. Well, I think today's episode is very much a great way to celebrate Independence Day, the country's United States 243rd birthday that's coming up on July 4th, 2019. So um, why don't we go ahead and get started? Sounds like a plan to me. Congratulations from this and that to the graduates of 2019. Now let's talk about the U.S. presidential election Democratic debate that happened on Wednesday through Thursday, June 26th through 27th, 2019. Is this the first time that we've had this many people contending for the Democratic nomination? Yes, as well as we, we've never had this many for the Republican Party either, or any, any of the other parties, third party as well. They didn't want to whittle it down, so this is how they did it. And because of the quote, first of all, I hate that these are called debates, because they're really not technically debates, but, you know, I don't know what, you would, what else you would call them, but they're well, not Just call them debates. a Q&A. How, because you, you had people asking questions and... The folks who were quote unquote debating it's, it's a little bit were more giving con- answers. It's a little bit more confrontational than Q and A, but so we need to come up with another word. So we need to come up with another word, like All this right. flotection. Progressive as they float out that flotection well, word. Well, for now, I'm going to call it a Q and A because right. to me, that's what it was. It's not a real debate. A Q and A. I agree with you. It was not a debate. It was just people being asked questions. They were giving their responses, and then sometimes folks who just couldn't be kept quiet just kept jumping in and giving their responses as well. And we'll talk about that later on, because there was one particular person who I just wish would not be (laughs) interrupting when it was not her turn, but we'll get to that. That was on night two. Now, night one... Um, I didn't watch it all. As a matter of fact, I didn't even listen to any replays. 
So what was night one all about? Night one was a snoozer. Um, I'm sorry. Any listeners out there that have uh, favorite candidates on night one, I'm sorry. Night one was a snoozer. So let's just move on. I'm being completely serious. There's nothing. All you had to do was look at the, the, the comedians, the popular press. What did they talk about that came out of night one? Wasn't anything even remotely serious that they, they brought up around night one. Well, who can we say, based on the press, the media, whatever, who won night one? Um, people would say Joe Biden won night one because they never attacked him. Night one, everybody was too polite. And this is why it was a snoozer. It was way too polite. So night one, Joe Biden was was the big winner because he but wasn't Joe attacked. Biden, Joe Biden wasn't there on night one. It doesn't, but, but he's the front runner. So they should have been doing something to, to take down Joe Biden. They didn't attack Joe Biden. They didn't attack the president. They didn't do much of anything on night one. Night one, like I said, was a complete snoozer. Elizabeth Warren, who drew the short straw and was on the stage with you know everybody else who happened to be there, um, and she was the only one of the top five that was in that. It was all random. So she was the only top five polling candidate on night one. Um, she was there with some people who had other, you know, bigger, had name ID, obviously, like Cory Booker or whatever. But she was playing it way too safe. And um, Cory Booker did, you know, quite well out of that. The, the punditry, punditry class will talk about Julian Castro or is it Joaquin? I mean, he's got the twin brother. I, I get them confused. Which one is which? I think it's Julian who's running for, 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 for president. He was one who was a cabinet secretary and, and, and mayor, whatever. But um, um, he did very well according to the punditry. I'm, I, this is my personal opinion. I think he was okay, but they're like, oh, he actually can, you know, string a sentence. This is my opinion of, of why they say this. And fairly or unfairly, I, I think they're like, oh, wow, he can actually string a sentence together and he actually knows what the policy's about. Wow, he, he actually did himself well. And it's like he's been doing this all over the place. And he was a cabinet secretary and he also was mayor of San Antonio. And San Antonio, the last time I checked, is the fifth largest city in the United States. It is no South Bend, Indiana. Sorry, Mayor Pete. So anyway... Um, it was a snoozer. I'm tired of talking about night one because there's nothing really to talk about. All right, they so didn't, they didn't play the game very well, and the the big the big winner was Joe Biden. The big loser on night one was Chuck Todd. Leave it at that. Who was the moderator of Meet the Press? And that's the other thing. NBC Universal had too many moderators. They should have just had Lester Holt and have Rachel Maddow because Rachel Maddow you know, loves to question people and knows how to question people. Although I don't think she went to law school. I think she's a straight journalist. But she knows how to question people. And she eats, breathes, and sleeps politics. And Chuck Todd, who is like the political director of NBC, you just have to get over it. I think Savannah would have been fine. And um, your guy from from um, uh, Jose Diaz-Balard from Telemundo. Um, because... They did simulcast with Telemundo. Okay, fine, they could keep him there, but he really didn't need to be there. This is my personal opinion. He did not need to be there. Could have been Lester and Rachel Maddow, and it has been fine. 
But this whole thing and switch people and, and you know, Chuck Todd, I don't know who at NBC he really is irritated because the whole gremlin thing and um, um, he had all sorts of audio difficulties. And this has happened before. And I just think Chuck Todd has made certain people mad at NBC. You know, I say certain people, I don't mean the powers that be. I mean the worker bees. And they just make him look bad on TV when they get a chance. And I think they, I think that person or persons was like, Mm, yeah, I hadn't forgotten Chuck. <laughs> well, and they made him look bad. Plus, he asks dumb questions. You know, if a sparrow falls from the, you know, just just be real, Chuck. Don't, well, all I have to say is, so I did not watch Big night loser. one. I agree with you that there are too many uh, people asking questions. They only needed two, possibly three, and. Let me set the record straight. <laughs> you know he's your guy. <laughs> the guy who does Telemundo. 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 Not Telemundo. Is not my guy. Right? So, you know, I'm sure every that Saturday there are people evening. out there who think he's awesome. I'm not one of them. So now, let's move on. All right. Night two. Of the debates. I can say I did watch a little bit of Night 2. And the reason for watching a little bit of Night 2. Because I felt like there would be m more to, to get out of it. Or shall I say more entertaining. Or, or the knives would come out. <laughs> so I was, I was interested in watching Night 2. So I watched a little bit of Night 2. And I was not disappointed. No, not not in the, the, the least. So, um, let's just cut to the chase. Night 2 um, had the big winner of not just Night 2, but of the debates overall. And, and that is, in, in my opinion, Kamala Harris. Senator Kamala Harris. Yes, Senator Kamala Harris, for those who don't know. Now, but if they listen to the podcast, they should know. They that should know, but... Give everybody their proper respect, Senator. That's Kamala not what I was getting. They should know that I give have given her proper respect. I have said out of all the rollouts when people were rolling out, I said that she had the best rollout, the most professional rollout, the best and the best thought through rollout. And you did. And she's. I have said, and I still maintain, although it's almost July, that when you look at these twenty-four Democrats running, her campaign makes sense. You look at some of these other people and it's like, I'm going to park in fill in the blank state and I'm going to win this state and then the press will follow me around and then that's that. That's not how you win the nomination. She has a 50 state strategy. She has a plan, clearly. She has policies and she looked presidential on the stage with everybody else and nobody else looked that way. On top of it, she had yet another moment. She has these moments, whether it's a hearing or whatever. And we're just going to get into what that is for those people who didn't, didn't watch. So let's just jump to the tape here. Growing up, my sister and I had to deal with the neighbor who told us her parents couldn't play with us because, she, because we were black. And I will say also that, that in this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden, um, I do not believe you are a racist, and I agree with you 
when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. We're going to stop it right there and get into former Vice President Joe Biden's response in a second. But as you can see, she did a lot of things here and she was smooth about it. She brought up a personal anecdote, story, and people love stories. And he's, Biden almost snapped his neck off when she said, and that little girl was me. And he's like, oh, 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 this is, uh oh. And we'll get to his reply after that. So, and in bringing that up, she also brought up Biden is old as dirt. Biden is old as dirt. I'm sorry. And people can call me ages all they want. I'm not. I'm just stating it as, as a fact. He was arguing over these issues, had already been a, uh, a public defender. He had been in public office a couple of terms when the whole busing thing was going down and she's in elementary school. He is old as dirt and that's going to be a problem for him in a Democratic Party that's trending younger and more non-white by the nanosecond. Well, it's just I think, a problem for him. I think Senator Harris did herself, uh, did a really great job when they had that little exchange um, when she had that moment well, we have, well, during the debate. Well, we haven't gotten to you jumping ahead. Well, I know, as, but I'm <laughs> saying, but that was just to right. kind of get things started. But, 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 but to be actually people, honest with you, I kind of really was looking forward to watching the debate further much earlier in the broadcast when the folks were arguing amongst each other and she said to folks, oh, yes. wait a minute, people. Um, folks in America don't want to hear you arguing um, amongst each other. They want to hear real solutions. Act like adults at the dinner table over the holiday. Don't be arguing back and forth. Yes. Well, basically, that's what she did. She put her, she put her I would say, mom hat on and broke up the food fight at the kids' table. That's, and, that's basically what happened. That's and true. once and once she did that, I was like, "Okay, this is somebody who really wants to talk uh, active um, items. She really wants to get down to the brass tackle, brass knuckles, and really talk about what we need to be doing, not arguing back and forth. Brass knuckles or brass tacks." Well, I meant brass tacks. <laughs> but in tell where your mind is. <laughs> I better not turn my back on you. <laughs> Given how the debate was going, she needed some brass. Oh, she was fine. But but let's let's since she jumped ahead a little bit and then went went back. But that's that's true. I mean, 
I'm constantly amazed, and this gets into this, you know, electability. The pundit class, this and that listeners, if you don't take anything else from me on this whole presidential stuff, here's, here's a word of advice. Don't listen to these pundits because they don't know what they're talking about. If 2016, they blame being so wrong about 2016 on a lot of different things, but they have no clue because they stay in Washington, D.C., talk amongst themselves and not talk to real people. And also, they don't live normal lives. So again, they're out of touch with reality. And that's part of this whole electability thing. And if you're for Joe Biden, that's great. But Joe Biden and this electability, and I'm the only person who can beat Trump, mm, that's conventional wisdom. I don't buy it, and it doesn't make sense to me in... 2019 and it won't make sense in 2020. Uh, Joe Biden, at least the Joe Biden today, maybe Joe Biden of 2008 and earlier, whatever, maybe even 2012, might have excited the Democratic base, but I just can't see this Joe Biden bringing out the Obama coalition. And if Democrats want to beat Trump, they need to bring out the Obama coalition 2.0 to be able to beat him because it's not, and, and when I say beat him, it's get the vote out in specific counties, in specific states, because it doesn't matter, as Hillary Clinton found out, as Al Gore found out, it doesn't matter if you win the popular vote. Who cares if you, you run up the vote totals in California and New York? You can only win them once. That's not going get, to get the job done. And crying about, oh, we got to change the Electoral College, not going to happen anytime soon, if ever. So you know the rules of the game. Figure out a way on the electoral map to win. And Biden's way he says he wants to win, I think, is fool's gold. I think the Democrats just need to give up next election cycles on this Midwest, you know, the traditional strategy they won, and they need to go to the Sun Belt. They need to look at what happened in 2018 and focus there. And they need a candidate that's going to excite the base, have the policies, and take them in the direction they want to go. Biden, is, he strikes me as kind of like um, George Herbert Walker Bush, you know, H.W. Bush when he, when he wanted to get reelected. And he, never, he couldn't tell anybody in 1992 why he should still be reelected and be president. He'd done Desert Storm. Everybody in the country was expecting him to come out with some great, you know, plan, vision, strategy, where he wanted to lead the country. And he didn't have anything. He had nothing. It was just kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm president and I want to be president because I'm president. And Joe Biden strikes me as that. I want to be president because I've been vice president and I want to have been president. I want, wanted to have been president my entire life, pretty much my entire adult life. That's not going to get it done. Well, that's a reason why a lot of people... <laughs> I'll put my soapbox away now. That's a, lot, that's a reason why a lot of people probably would not vote for him because he's tried so many times and he's gotten really nowhere except... Being vice president, yeah, his, his you don't see him as being presidential. Some people do. I, I mean, some people do. Some people do, but enough don't. Exactly, and and, and that's why I'm saying he might as well hang it up. Well, it doesn't matter if they see him presidential or not. It comes down to he's do they not want him to he, be president, right? He's not going to get the votes. So, um, I agree with you. The Democrats need to um, look towards somebody else. And I've been so, who would you say, based on the 24 people that are there, what should, who should be on the ticket at the president and vice president level? 
I would say, again, and I, I said it before, that if the Democrats were smart, they would nominate Kamala Harris to be president. And they should really go way out, and it's one of those things where people think it's crazy, they should have Elizabeth Warren as vice president. Because yeah. a lot of people in the Northeast and on the coast, you know, in, in the kind of, of um, I don't know what to call them, basically liberal, progressive, you know, white privilege side of that who aren't conservatives. They're, they're liberal, progressive, white privilege people who love Elizabeth Warren. And they will vote for her if she's on the ticket. They'd rather her be on the top. But they'll vote for her on the, be on the bottom because then they're like, oh, if Kamala Harris, if she doesn't get elected, they're going to be like, Elizabeth Warren will be right there as the next in line. And if Kamala Harris does get elected, she'll be there as the next in line. If she does one term, two terms, whatever. So they'll get those votes and as well as in the Sun Belt. And Elizabeth Warren is a great, great um, um, campaigner. And also, you'll have all these folks, all the women that Hillary Clinton thought were going to come out and support her, they would come out and support that ticket. And I mean, in women who are, you know, unaffiliated, you know, quote-unquote independent, I, I term them unaffiliated, and Republican women in the suburbs. When I say women, I mean white females specifically. They will vote. The black females will come out. The, the AKAs are already working hard. I think the Deltas will get over it. They'll work hard. And black females are the base of the base. They're the people who are making the Democratic Party work right now, whether people realize it or not. So I just, I just think it's a no-brainer. But unfortunately, the, that's not how the pundit class and the political reporters and everybody else sees it. They would, they would think I'm crazy. Oh my goodness, you're putting a black female and another female. Oh, this is just, this is just gonna go down to flames with Trump. No, they'll just, they'll flog him all over the place. And Trump knows this. This is why he said, "Oh, Kamala Harris has gotten too much credit and whatever," because he wants to run against Biden. He's doing the whole tar baby thing, you know, or briar patch, rather. Oh, don't throw me in that briar patch, whatever, and, you know, this whole, oh, he's afraid of Joe Biden. No, he's not. He wants to run against Joe Biden because he'll just peel him like an onion. Just keep peeling and peeling and peeling. And, yes, onions have lots of layers, but he'll just peel that onion all over the place. In well, Twitter, in debates. His All I supporters. have to say is, I, be, I agree ugly. with you that I think the ticket should be Harris Warren. I really do. Um, and I think, and like you said, they, if that were the ticket, they would definitely get the female vote. And as you pointed out, uh, Senator Harris is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. So... Her sorority, like you mentioned, They're throwing a tongue of money is at already working really hard to support her as the next president. And not only will she get the support from her sorority, but she'll get the support from the African-American Greek fraternities and sororities, unofficially known as the Divine Nine. 
they'll come out, they'll support her, and they will rally around her and get out the vote and help to bring in some people that normally may not get out, go to the polls and vote. Exactly. And I, I just think it's a no-brainer. All right, we kind of got, got off on a tangent a little bit, cause, um, but it was a good tangent. I will, um, this, this Joe Biden response, we'll just play a little bit of it here because I just want to get to the ending of it. So for those who weren't watching the debate, here we go. Characterize my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true. Number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out and I left a good law firm to become a public defender. When in fact, when in fact, when in fact my city was in flames because of the, the uh, assassination of Dr. King. Number one. No, number two. As the U.S. as excuse me, as the uh, uh, vice president of the United States, I work with a man who, in fact, we worked very hard to see to it we dealt with these issues in a major, major way. The fact is that in terms of busing, the busing I never you would have been able to go to school the same exact way because it was a local decision made by your city council. That's fine. That's one of the things I argued for that we should not be we should be breaking down these lines. But so the bottom line here is look. Everything I've done in my career, I ran because of civil rights. I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights. And those civil rights, by the way, include not just only African-Americans, but the LGBT community. But they, Vice President Biden, do you agree today, do you agree today that you were wrong to oppose busing in America then? No, do you agree? I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I opposed. Well, I there did was not a failure of, of states to, to integrate no, public schools in America. I was part of the, the second class to integrate Berkeley, the, California public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. Because your city council made that decision. It was a so local decision. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because that's there right. are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of our people. I supported the ERA okay, yeah. from the very beginning when Vice I ran President Biden, the 30 seconds, because I want to bring you know, other people into this. I supported I the ERA from the very beginning. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. We got to the place where we got 98 out of 98 votes in the United States Senate doing it. I've also argued very strongly that we, in fact, deal with the notion of denying people access to the ballot box. I agree that everybody, once they, in fact, they should, anyway, my time's up. Now, Brenda, I, let's hypothetically, I'm running for president. Somebody has attacked me, personally attacked me, but it's a fair personal attack. I'm defending myself. Do you think I would let Chuck Todd or somebody else say, oh, you got X amount of time, and then, you know, when a little light or whatever goes off, go, oh, my time is up, I'm sorry. Well, actually... <laughs> I don't think so. They'd have to cut my mic off until I'm done. But I think that is a premonition of what's to come. Biden's time is up. I, exactly. I think if Joe Biden doesn't make it, that will historians will look at that moment and say that's the moment when Joe Biden lost 
the they they you know historians love to do. I that. mean, folks they will, will say keep, that's when he lost they'll the keep nomination. Playing that clip My time over and over and over. My time is up. If he doesn't get it this time around, which I'm well, pretty sure he will not get it. He will not be running ever again. I don't think for president or vice president. Yeah, his time is up. Yeah. He should have run in 2016. I understand the death of his son and everything. I understand why he did not. But, you know, that's the choice he's got to live with. And you can't, you know, you can't unring the bell. It's, it's impossible to do. When you when you hit hit that bell, it's going to reverberate. And there's nothing you can do about it. And, you know, it is what it is. He's going to be like Adley Stevenson and a whole bunch of other people in history. Henry Clay, who people who wanted to be president, had the resumes to be president. And you're looking, you know, years from now, people will go in history and say, why wasn't this person president? He's going to be one of those people. Hubert Humphrey, another one. He's replete with, with people who should have been president. So what did you think of Kirsten Gillibrand? She was like a gnat. I mean, a mosquito. All I wanted to do was swat her. Because she kept interrupting. She kept not just interrupting, but questions weren't posed to her, and she wanted to make sure she got her her say in on things. And the the moderators kept telling her to be quiet, be quiet, stop. And she just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. She really did irritate me. Well. So I would put her... Among the losers of the night, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I understand what you're saying, but because she's not doing so well in the polls, I think elevating her to status of loser actually would be would be an elevation. I I don't I just don't see her candidacy going on for for very long. And oh, by the way, um, I already said Kamala Harris was a big winner. The loser. Um, as far as I was concerned, was better O'Rourke because he's raising all this money and there's a big fuss made about him, but you didn't hear anything about what he did during the debates because he didn't do anything during the debates. Now, <laughs> the other person, I'm not sure I would say was a loser, but he just didn't come across as presidential to me. And that was um, the person that um, is a former... IT executive, uh, Mr. Yang, I think. Oh, Andrew Yang. Yeah. Yeah. And he why? Was because a, he didn't wear a tie. He did not wear a tie. <laughs> he was being so confident. He, he he just did not look presidential, and some of his comments or answers I thought were too far-reaching, and I'm like, who's going to fund this? Where's this money going to come from that he just wants to pull out of a hat? And if I remember correctly. I think he talked the least. I think his total time for the for the debate in terms of responses was like a little over two minutes. Uh, I think that's correct. but And the debate was how long? Two hours? Yeah, but I mean... He, and all you can get out of two hours is two minutes? But, but see, part of that is, again, it's not a debate, so it's not fair how they cycle through. The moderators pick and choose, and then, like, the whole Kamala Harris-Joe Biden thing, that went on for, you know, a, a long time. That, that, that ate up a lot of minutes. So that... 
I mean, I understand. Aren't really, fair, I understand why the we call it Gillibrand. Mm-hmm. I understand why, why she, she did kept she did. doing what she did because she wanted to make sure she got airtime and people would remember her. I don't think that's the right reason to be remembered. And this is where Mr. Yang should have took something from her playbook. <laughs> because two minutes, I couldn't even tell you who he was. And maybe that's why he didn't wear a tie. Well, people interviewed him. And, and it wasn't to get attention. That's just, he and his people were like, uh, should he, should he, he doesn't really normally wear ties. And he's like, when he does business, and you know, that's just... What he wears, and that's what he's comfortable with. And like you said, people have a problem with that. I mean, people had a problem with um, um, Barack Obama not always wearing a tie, or not a tie, a jacket in the, the Oval Office, things like that. Um, so it is what it is. He's not going to be there much longer because the way these debates work, the farther along they go, the tougher the criteria is to qualify. And at least he qualified. They were former governors uh, that didn't qualify for this first debate. So, you know, I, I'm not mad at anybody that, like, Marianne Williamson, who Yeah, where'd she come from? Isn't she, <laughs> isn't she an author? Yeah, she officiated uh, a wedding of Elizabeth Taylor's, one of the weddings in the, the one where Michael Jackson's there. Well, the I side. guess she must have got paid some big bucks because... She qualified. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> She got paid some big bucks because I think she is wasting her money. She got, she, but she qualified. And it wasn't just, you know, people writing, because you couldn't use your own money to qualify. People had to give so much money and you had to have so much percent in the polls. Okay, well. So she qualified. She I'm is wasting somebody's money. May not be hers, yeah, but sad. she's wasting somebody's money yeah. because I don't think she's going to Oh, she get may much be wasting money. her money too. I'm just saying to qualify for the debates, your your money, you know, you couldn't just write a check to say, "Oh, um, I'm I'm good." Well, whatever. <laughs> we will see what happens in the future. She won't be there long. Well, that was just the first debate, Q&A, whatever you want to call it. I think the next one is coming up sometime later July, so we'll see how things go. There are going to be many more of these type of sessions to go from here on out. Please, less moderators. Please. And no Chuck Todd. You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. This episode's words of wisdom, as I mentioned at the uh, outset, deal with the um, 4th of July holiday coming up. And in fact, it is a, I guess, dramatic reading of the, as they're called, of the uh, U.S. Declaration of Independence. And this dramatic reading is done by no other than John F. Kennedy, former President John F. Kennedy. Now, did he do this reading, if you remember, did he do it when he was president or before? Well, since I wasn't around then, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know when this reading, and um, I'm going to have to dig dig and get some more research on that because the information I have is, it it doesn't say. So, um, with that, let's just get right into it. Now, the Declaration of Independence 
And Miss Brenbren was like, David, you can't do this. It's, it's, the Declaration of Independence is long. And I'm like, eh, it's not that long. No, I was obviously thinking of Gettysburg Address, <laughs> which obviously. is short. But it's the Declaration like... of Independence is long. <laughs> not that it's not a valuable document that we need to have. I agree it is something that we all need to read at some point in our lives. But you don't want us to play the whole thing. No, so if you want to hear the entire reading of the Declaration of Independence, um, go to YouTube, Google it, ask Siri, ask Alexa, go to your library and read it yourself or go to the audiobook, so on. You're not going to hear it here because it would just take too much time. But you'll hear this bit uh, from the Declaration of Independence, read by John F. Kennedy. self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. Happy 243rd birthday, America. Well, Brenda, I believe that brings episode 22 to a close. And, as always... We are trying to um, impart knowledge to folks, so hopefully those that are listening got something out of our 22nd episode of This and That. And as a teaser for next time, may impart on folks uh, secrets to a magic trick. A magic trick? Yes, or a party trick. Um, you will act, be able to accurately tell what someone's eye color is without looking at them. It oh, works that 100% magic trick. of the time, yes. That magic trick. Absolutely. Okay, well, we'll share that with folks the next time we get together on this and that. So, all the best, everybody. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes if you have any comments or suggestions about this episode future episodes interested in sponsorship and or advertising please email us at 
this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.